episode 187. And now here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. And welcome back once again to the Dharmic Evolution. Great to have you guys here with us today. And um, on this day where we're going over to Sweden to visit, uh, we are number one in Sweden today. And also Germany, the USA, the UK, Singapore, and number two in Japan. And so that's really exciting news. And we're going to visit somebody who has a tale to tell. Um, This woman was really depressed, burned out, suicidal, and hadn't slept properly in over 25 years. She slept about 15 minutes per night. Let's find out how she overcame, rose, and is now helping others around the world. We're going to visit with Ullis Carlson, so you better strap up your seatbelts, because we're going for a ride. Are you a singer-songwriter, author, speaker, or thought leader? Have you been looking for a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency has exactly what you are looking for. Find out how we write and produce big, amazing songs on Music Row for authors, speakers, thought leaders, and organizations like nonprofit and corporations. We also help singer-songwriters and artists by giving them a platform on Dharmic Evolution a podcast designed specifically to broadcast your global career, now in 71 countries and with more than 161 episodes of artists all over the world from all genres. We know how to reach your target audience. Are you a dreamer like James? Then reach out today to james at thejamesoconnoragency.com and find out how we can help your global career. Ullis, welcome to Dharmic Evolution. So happy you're here today. Thank you, James. I'm happy too to be here. Thank it, you. It's very, um, it's very uh, serendipitous that you and I connected because we started like um, really getting some traction with this show in Sweden. Remarkably, I don't know why, but I'm very happy that we did. And uh, then you showed up, and we started talking. And here you are on the Dharmic Evolution, going out to 71 countries to tell your story and what a story it is. So this is a little bit for you folks who dial in for the singer-songwriters. You also know that we do author, speakers, and thought leaders. And we have one here today in Ullis. So um, you've done a lot. You're really interested in yoga, and you're really interested in in helping people who have had... um, situations and events in their life that you've had um, alignment with and by sharing your story it sounds like you're able to help them out is that a fair intro (laughs) yeah thank you it's a great intro okay so why don't we start with um you know i went through your bio and it's really fascinating uh and amazing some of the things so why don't you start with you know when you first you know, it was 10 years or so ago, and you had these events going on in your life. Can you just share with us to, to get the ball rolling, and we can talk a little bit about it? Yeah, like 10 years ago, I was a burnout. It's very common here in Sweden that we are being depressed and uh, getting burnout. So. Okay, before you go any further, because I, I was going to ask this later, but I need to know why. Why is that happening in Sweden? What's going on? I think there's a lot of reasons, actually. Uh, one of the reasons is that we are performing a lot. We are always acting, doing, um, being competitive, comparing ourselves to others. And then in Sweden, we have this strange but really stupid law. It's not like really a law, but it goes back generations back. And it's called Jantelagen. And it goes like, who do you think you are? You're nothing special. You, you know, you should not stick out in any way. And it's really in our like genes or ourselves. So all the people that didn't like this, they went to America, <laughs> they emigrated <laughs> to America, <laughs> and the rest of us get stuck here. And then we are living in a very cold, uh, cold uh, culture. Let's see, it's very cold and dark six months of the year. Right. So I think that's a contributing fact as well. So so when you say that there's an actual law on the books that is more like asking or demanding that people just conform to a certain way of life, is that correct? 
Yeah, it's not a written law. It's more like everybody that's from Sweden knows about this. We've heard about this and it goes generations back. And many Swedes were, you know, hardworking and Sweden was quite a poor country just 100 years ago. Right. So this goes back actually in our history. And even though that today we have a higher consciousness and, you know, higher standard, it's still stuck somehow in our gene, in our DNA. And it's really, it's really massive. So you feel like you're kind of like you're sort of put in a box and you're supposed to stay there and not really, not really embrace your own special gifts and personality and so forth and just conform to whatever, you know, menial tasks or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And and we also have this word for this is really strange, but it goes back to the Vikings that this word was supposed to be enough for everybody. So you cannot take too much, you cannot take too little, but just enough for everybody. Right. So this is explaining to me why the heavy metal, because that's a release, you know, and you guys, I know you have some heavy metal in your country. Okay, so I don't want to cut off your story. So why don't you continue with, um, you know, where this started with you? Yeah, it started many, many years ago. I was just a child, but I've always been very sensitive. And I've always had very high, high inner demands on myself. And being sensitive is not always easy. So you have to adapt yourself and, you know, to little yourself and to be very flexible in all situations and, and things like this. So, so I learned very early not to show any emotions which means that, you know, even happiness or if I'm being too happy or too joyous or too much energy, I need to contain it and to be more lagom. That's the Swedish word for not taking too much space. Okay. And then, you know, like if you add up this in many, many years and then it's stored in your body, everything that you don't express is stored in your body. And we don't know this. Not many people know this. So 10 years ago, I was so depressed and I was, I was really, really not functional as a human being. My cognitive abilities was really, you know, I've lost them. My memory was really bad. Uh, I couldn't concentrate. I was aggravated all the time and I had like really jerky movements. So I, my coordinate system was affected as well. And I only slept like 15 minutes per night. I, now, did you do that like all in one piece or was it a minute here and a minute there? And No, 15 minutes in a, in a row. So wow. the book that I'm writing is called actually 0247 because I woke up every night at 0247. Yeah. Every single night, the same time to the same second. Yeah. And every wow. night what was I going was... on? Did you realize that there was something severely wrong going on? Or did, were you just like accepting it and saying, I'm just getting through another day? Yeah, it was, that was my real life. That was my norma normal life. So I was accepting it, but I was really, I was not in a good condition. I was suicidal actually. And every day I looked myself in the mirror thinking that, is this the day? You know, right? Is this the day that I'm going to end this? Because I, I just can't stay here. I just don't know how to live anymore. Yeah, it must have been so exhausting not sleeping for for like just all that time. And how many years? It was years, right? Yeah, decades. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm ex I'm I need a nap right already. <laughs> just hearing the yeah. story, my goodness. So so yeah. go on. So it went on for went on for years, and then. The same thing over and over again, and the same time waking up. It, it it sounds like a like a horror movie to me. It felt like a horror movie. It felt like I was living in a horror movie, and every night I dreamt that I was murdered, and I, you know blood splattered, and I was tortured every night. So every night I woke up, my heart was pounding, and I had this taste of metal in my mouth, and I was so terrified. I just didn't know how to continue to live like this. So did you get, like, um, we, you, were, you must have been seeking medical help at the time, right, to, to find out, like, especially with the taste in your mouth and waking up at that, 
that arbitrary hour and minute and second exactly your brain was wired into something what 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 did you discover like did somebody reach out and help you no (laughs) it's an arduous work when you're sick you have to do it yourself and still here in sweden we have a lot of good like health care and insurances so Uh everybody gets insurance and um, the care that they need but Actually, one of my doctors said that this is going to pass. And, you know, you're so good looking, so it doesn't matter anyway. And it was like a really, you know, such a struggle for me to make people understand my situation. I was not working functionally. I I left my daughter. She was like a couple of months. And I was going to my doctor and I left her at home. And when I went on the tube, <laughs> I didn't know where she was. I was you know, looking around, and I had this funny feeling that something was missing, but I didn't know what, and then I realized that it was my daughter. So wait, so the doctor, I, first of all, the doctor said, you don't have to worry because you, you're good looking? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. understand that. that. That was his no. way of just saying, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> it's like... Sort of, yeah. Okay, and then, and then with your daughter on the tube, you, you had left, and you just, you forgot that you left her home? Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh wow! So that's when you really knew the wheels were coming off. I mean, yeah. You know that. You know, a mother's instinct is so powerful, and for for that illness to override <laughs> that must have been like really scary. Yeah, I was horrified, really. I, and I, you know, this time at the at the tube station on my way to the doctor and looking around, and I had this feeling that something was missing, and I didn't even know what what was missing you know did I forgot to lock the door again or did I forget something on the stove but yeah. then this feeling was increasing and I you know I couldn't breathe and I was totally panicking and then I realized that it was my daughter and so I just jumped off you know at the next stop and I went all the way back you know like having one million thoughts in my mind at the same time like where is she you know has somebody taken her has she fallen down on on the tube trail or tube track or and then I went screaming all the way down to to the station host and I asked her have you found like a baby and she and he said no no babies here and I was like oh my god what do I do and I ran home and there I found my key in the door and I didn't even realize that I had forgotten my key. And then when I opened the door, she was sitting there all dressed in her little car. Wow. How do you say? Car and chair, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so how, how much time expired between that? And the fact that she was just sitting there, that's pretty amazing. It sounds like you were gone for at least a half an hour or more. Yeah, half you an know? hour. Yeah. Wow, I'm good, huh? Good guess. Yeah, you're very good. So, <laughs> so, so this went on, and you had you had a child to deal with in in, in in while this was all going on in your life. So, with all this time that passed, and you said this went on for decades, like when did it when did it come to a point where you realized something had to give, and and something transpired in your life that helped you get out of this? What happened with that? So it was uh, winter nearly 11 years ago now. And me and my husband at the time, we were sitting and I just told him how I really felt, you know, inside. Because obviously being trained to be this good girl, you know, good girls are really common here in Sweden. And being the good girl and I just expressed to him how I really felt that I was losing my mind, that I didn't feel well at all, that I was... I actually didn't say that I was suicidal, but I was. And then we just uh, agreed that I was going out to the Swedish archipelago, to my mother's and father's place there. And it was a beautiful winter's day. And I left my family, my two kids and my husband at the time, because I was so sensitive for noise and for sound and for light. So everything, you know, just... The cell phone ringing was like, uh, for me. Yeah. So I left them and I went to the cabin and I put in my stuff and I went for a beautiful walk. And I could feel something within me that was really, 
it was a familiar feeling, but I didn't know what it was. And it really freaked me out. I was so scared of this. So I went out for a quick walk to be able to measure my calories. That was a good way of keeping control to measure my calories, not being, you know, not right. eating too much. And then I'm walking here in the, in, in the forest and I'm all by myself. And then I get this really intense pressure on my chest. And I actually think that I'm going to die. And it's so intense. It feels like it's burning and exploding and shattering into like a million pieces at the same time. So I grab my chest like this and, you know, hold my breath. And then all of a sudden I'm remembering, thinking that, oh, the, the snow is coming up to, to meet me. But it was me who fall down into the snow. And I was lying there for what seemed to be quite a short time at the time, but it was actually many hours. And this intensity and the pain in my chest was so so horrifying and I didn't know what to do so I was holding myself trying to contain myself and trying not to die there in the snow wow uh, so now so you thought you were dying yeah yeah and and it was just was it excruciating pain too was... excruciating pain and all of a sudden I hear you know really strange like primal screams howling and crying and then I realized that it was me I realized that it was my sounds and my howling and my horrifying screams and that terrified me even more I really think that you know I'm, <laughs> I'm loosening I'm first of all I'm losing my mind and then I'm gonna die here in the snow you know so you probably had no idea that you were even capable of making those sounds no right? and I didn't even recognize the voice the voice was really foreign and from deep deep within yeah so i had no clue and so i was there in the snow for many hours because apparently the it started to come to become dark it comes dark here in sweden very early in the winters so i was lying there and then finally you know after many hours i i sort of slowly came back to myself and to my senses feeling the coldness of the snow and and it was so quiet in the forest and it was all pitch dark and i could feel that my heart was beating you know really soft and then so i just you know slowly walked back to the cabin and there in front of the fire many hours later for the first time in decades my mind is completely still I have no thoughts, no monkey mind, no nothing at all. And that night I am dreaming, I'm dreaming of a new kind of yoga. And a kind of yoga that I'm nearly levitating in the dream. So for the first night in, you know, decades, I didn't dream that I was being slaughtered or murdered. So at, so when you dreamed this yoga, was it at 02.47 that the dream popped in? <laughs> or was it... No, that night was the first night that I slept without waking, and I felt really... The whole pissed. night? Yeah. Wow. The first time. So you, you probably never wanted to leave. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, was it... Did you, like, say there was some... Like, how did... What did you attribute this to? Because this must have been, like, you know, a gift from heaven. Like, you, you were suffering all these decades with no sleep. And then you got a full night's sleep. What was going through your mind on how to capture this, this wonderful gift? I was, I was amazed. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what all this was about. I, I couldn't realize it then. But now, you know, 10 years later, I realized that it was so much emotions that I have been put away and that have been stuck in my body that I was releasing. But it's been a process. I've been doing this for like 10 years now, releasing old negative shit or stuff within. So right. a lot of emotional cleansing and cleaning for the last 10 years. But that morning, you know, I was, I was just at awe how silent it was because I was so used to continuously and 
and so many thoughts all the time that I didn't even realize that it was like <laughs> I was under a massive attack of my ego all the time. So when you say like it was so quiet, um, is the quiet that you're referring to just in your mind or are there also like noises around your home and is it is it noisy with traffic? Is it noisy with other things or is it just your own mental uh, processes going on? A combination, but oh. it was so still and it was so still and I had this feeling, you know, of being still within me, not having anxiety or worrying or panic attacks or feeling that I always needed to, to do or to fix all these things, trying to, you know, suppress my feelings even, even more. So it was really still and, and peaceful. And I hadn't experienced that, you know, in such a long time. So it was really, it was really a new, an awkward, but a very welcome feeling. Yeah, a lot of us get caught up, especially people who dwell in the city, um, just accept that as this is the norm. And, you know, I kind of love the city, but I, I love silence more. And, I, and I, I get my doses of that. I make sure that I'm in the woods at least once or twice a week. And uh, we go up to this place up in the Adirondacks, up in the New York State area. Um, we do this camping thing up there. And it's wilderness camping. So you don't hear anything but nature for four days and, and um, nights. And when I come back, I'm always amazed how, like I don't, I wear glasses for reading and things, but I don't wear glasses the whole time I'm up there. When I come back, I'm going, man, my vision is so good. So there's something about the process of nature and just getting away from all the man-made crap that we have <laughs> that does something uh, to us. So, exactly. so, so now you, now you've experienced sleep, you've experienced stillness and quiet. And, and now does the investigation begin of now let's unearth what happened now. And I know you purged a lot of, um, anxiety and decades of, 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 you know, anxiousness and strife and pain and so forth. Did you start to backtrack and say, where did the, all this pain come from? Yeah, I did. And it all started like that morning when I woke up the first night there in the cabin, sleeping the whole night without my horrible nightmares. And that morning, I actually had a link in my inbox. And it was a friend of mine who said, oh, here's yoga for, you know, depressed people. And maybe you should just apply. And so I did. And during those, it was only 10 weeks to start with. But in those 10 weeks, it was like, I could sense that everything is not just black. <laughs> There's some grayness right. to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turned out that there was like one spot left for going the full education as being and becoming a yoga teacher and yoga therapist. And at this time, you know, I was sick with leave and depressed. I haven't been working for several years and I didn't have any money. But at this time, uh, my teacher told me, you should apply for this spot and the universe will work it out for you. And so it turned out that I got back from like taxes or th something that was covering the full amount of going the full education for two years as a yoga therapist. And there I realized the yogic philosophy and psychology about all these um, feelings. And then I started to go backtracking as you asked so it's been an arduous work and so yoga opened up a new opportunity for you to and it's and also is yoga starting to become more um more an accepted uh practice in sweden as far as are more and more people doing it in sweden yeah it's very common and i've been doing yoga for 25 years but the yoga that i did before was the kind of yoga that we think really is yoga here in the Western countries, a lot of asanas and physical positions. Right. But the yoga that I dreamt of was something else. It was actually not. <clears throat> Sorry. Have some water. 
Mm. It's just you must be exhausted <laughs> telling this story. I mean, yeah, yeah. And for as for as far as the United States, it was like I I started like fourteen or fifteen years ago, and I was always the only guy in yoga class. And now it's gone so mainstream. I mean, there's there's Bikram and there's you know Vinyasa and there's there's a million different yoga. So you have to seek out um, what's good for you. So go on with with when you started doing this. You said you've been doing this for how long? Twenty five years. Yeah, 25 years. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> but at the first, my yoga was only also discipline to control my eating disorders and, you know, my weight and to keep in control. I hope you guys are really digging these fabulous pearls of wisdom from Alice. Right back to my interview with her right after this. Have you connected with your gratitude today? I think I have something that will help inspire you. It's the brand new release from James Kevin O'Connor. Gratitude, recorded on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee with producer Kim Copeland and team, is James' third full-length album in four years. Ten amazing songs, each one a different story about the emotions, journeys and experiences that you and I have lived. Songs like Dreamer, Jesus Teaches, Tango On, and 51 Shades of Grey, and of course, title track, Gratitude. Pick up the brand new CD today with amazing artwork and photography at iTunes, CD Baby, and Amazon, or simply go to jameskevinoconnor.com for your download right now. Send someone that you love a copy of Gratitude today. It might be exactly what they need in their life right now. Gratitude. The new release by James Kevin O'Connor. So do you feel like on your eating disorder that this is part of the process, you know, the, the challenge of being in Sweden with the, with the not enough light and, you know, you have long winters, um, like, you know, we do have that same thing in the Northeast here in the States, but um, the darkness and, and the depressed... Um, I guess, you know, what you mentioned earlier about the government and kind of that mindset, that philosophy of you have to conform. It seems like there's so many rules and regulations. It's like growing up like being a Catholic, <laughs> which I did, you know, uh, as a kid, you know, I was like, wait a minute, too many rules here. I got to get out of this somehow. So do you think that contributed to like you know, because eating is just a form of escapism for most of us. You know, it's just like, well, there's a box of cookies and I'm just going to have one. And an hour yeah. later, half the, the box is gone. Yeah, exactly. And it's also just like one tool of, you know, having the illusion of being in control. Like I am in control when I control what I eat or what I do, how I do it, you know, like this control freak. Yeah. And in our society... I don't know how it's in America, but here in Sweden, it's like good if you are say, saying that I'm a control freak, but it's not good at all. Yeah. So for me, it was like my heritage and my family and all these stuck emotions that I have never expressed to anybody. So that was, was causing my eating disorders, which, you know, led to sleeping disorders and yeah. And then after decades of this, then I had the burnout. So so all of these things were, were kind of creating this future problem, I guess. And it, it just like when did you notice like with the sleeping thing? Um, when did you notice that first starting to happen and say, there's something wrong here? I, I'm just, you know, every night I'm, I'm going through this. I mean, was it really early on or is it just something you kind of accepted and said, I'm just going with this? And I mean... It started really, you know, early. Maybe I was in my, I was maybe 19, so still in my teen, teenagers. And, wow. But it started really gradually. Maybe first I noticed that it was hard for me to let go of, you know, when I was supposed to sleep. It took me longer and longer periods of time to oh, relax. Oh, so it kind of snuck up on you then. It wasn't like <laughs> just one day and then it happened. No. Okay, gotcha. It's been a process for a very long time. And so... So first this that I, you know, couldn't relax and fall into sleep. And then after that, I got adjusted to that. Like it was 
this is the way it is. And then I started to wake up in the evenings or in the nights. And then I had problems of falling back to sleep again. So it was like adding up and building up for many, many years before this actually breakdown and burnouts. So when you started getting into yoga, um, you know, let's go back to the to the fireplace for a minute. So you you were in complete silence. You you observed that for the first time. This was like better than winning the lottery and everything all combined. Christmas, New Year's, uh, Thanksgiving, your birthday, whatever. <laughs> everything was given to you because you probably felt like you got your life back. You know. And so with the yoga, what was the next move for you? Um, you were doing yoga. Um, you had this epiphany and this this event where you kind of transformed and you started doing Ashtanga and where, where did you go from there? What happened after that? So first Ashtanga and power yoga because that was powerful tools to, you know, keep my eating disorders in, uh, obey, right. I thought. Yeah, because I was always like manipulating myself and I can see this now when, when I'm looking back. But I was actually always, I was actually always performing even in the yoga, like with the good asanas and being the good girl and my breathing was not good. So this yoga that I came to with um, the link that ended up in my mailbox, um, yoga for depressed people, and it was a totally different kind of yoga. It was more soft. It was not so much about asanas. And then... I took the whole um, two, yeah, two and a half years of being becoming yoga therapist, and at the very end there, I met this woman. Sorry, this woman. She came and she was um, introducing yoga for people with pain in body, mind, or spirits. Right. And when I met her, and when I did her yoga. It was like another dimension. It was like another aha moment. And from there, (laughs) I went on to her education. Because for me, I could feel that it was like coming home. It was finally like coming home to whoever I was. So from there, you started to develop your own way of helping other people out through what is now your own brand, your own website, all the things you're doing. Let's talk a little bit about that and your experience of, you know, how you ended up going into um, a business, uh, essentially, that, you know, that caters to people who struggled like you did and you offered help to them. Yeah, so I took this um, another two-year course with this woman and the story is also funny because obviously I was still sick and depressed and I was not working. I'm, I'm a physiotherapist from the beginning and also a preschool teacher, so I, I hadn't been working for years. But, um, and then it turned out that I got money back <laughs> and the exact same amount of this, another, this new two-year-old um, education. I got money back for like um, an insurance company or something. So it paid my whole education so you have to create a a, a, a course on, because you keep getting money back. You got to teach us how you do that because I want in on that thing. That's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Everything I want to try, it's just like I'll just call Olis and she'll tell me how to do this. So, <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah, and in that in that time, these two years, I also went to vipassana meditation. Vipassana is an old Buddhist meditation. And it means to see things as they really are. And so I was sitting three times, 10 days uh, in completely si- silence for like, we were uh, awakened like 4.30 in the mornings and we were sitting till nine in the evenings. No talking, no looking into each other's eyes, no writing, no listening to music, nothing, just complete silence. And here... In this Vipassana meditation combined with this new yoga, I discovered that it wasn't me, you know, who was sick. My soul was perfectly well, but it was my behavior that has been so messed up. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Can you describe some, some ways in your behavior was messed up? Yeah, I, I mean, I was, you couldn't recognize me if you saw a photo of me then. I was all jerky, my movements were jerky. I was like 
drug user. Right. And uh, I forgot, you know, the keys in my door. I forgot my daughter, as I told you. I yeah. forgot things on the stove. So my mental ability was really not working. And and I had this sensitivity of sounds and lights, which made it really hard to live, you know, in a city where there's yeah. sound all the time. And I, I, I was so angry all the time. I was so angry when, when I was this in this depression and this burnt out mode. So I could scream, you know, to my innocent kids. There's this time when my son, he was like five years. No, he was like three years at the time. And he's, I'm actually standing in front of the mirror. And I have a lot of pills in my hand and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to end this now. This is the day that I'm going to end this. And then he's, you know, pulling my, my clothes and he said, mom. And I go, shh, you know, I, I can't stand when you're talking so loud. So what is it? I just want to say that I love you, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was really frustrated and aggravated all the time. That was the guardian and, angel coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Timing is everything. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, I I actually don't think that I'm I'm I was gonna be alive if if my children haven't saved me. Yeah. Yeah. But so from here and all this yoga and vipassana meditation, I finally realized that it was not me. You know, the soul Ulis was really perfectly fine. It's just my behaviors and my attitudes towards myself and others combined with the stressful environment that was not okay. So from there, I started my journey back to where I am now, really. And, to, and so the, how did the journey start? Like when you say you started your journey, um, are you talking about like when you took all of these, you've, you've had all this yoga experience now and you've had you've been able to reclaim your life in many ways with sleeping and, and getting back to more of a normalcy, a, a healthier, um, you know, life path. So, so where, when did the business ideas kick in to say, you know, I need to develop my own brand and my own, um, my own way to reach people. Is that about like, when did that start to like formulate in your mind? It started maybe seven years ago, and, but I was still working and struggling in a job that I didn't like at all. We were so many women there and many people were burnouts and, you know, really depressing working environments. So actually I found out that I was still too sick <laughs> to work functionally in, in a normal job environment. So I had to start my own business. And I could be my own boss, <laughs> doing the only thing that I, you know, really loved and that I know that has really, really worked. And so I've studied a lot of yoga now and developed yoga for highly sensitive people, for empaths. And uh, it's a very soft, very feminine, very conscious and mindful kind of yoga. And it's it's all based on my intuition. So when I'm working, I'm always working on my intuition. But this whole journey has really been about, as you said, James, um, reclaiming myself, you know, reclaiming yeah. every bits and pieces of myself and acknowledging all these emotion, uh, emotions that has been hidden. And so I've had a lot of emotional and trauma release for these last 10 years since that day in the snow. When you... Um... When you started doing this, saying, I'm putting together my own brand, my own business, and I'm going to reach out to people, did you start talking to, um, you must have your own tribe of friends, associates, business people, creatives that helped you, not, not actually helped you, but you probably vetted out a lot of ideas with friends and so forth. So do you find that um, <clears throat> the people that have the, the similar experiences in Sweden uh, the depression, the, the darkness, the, you know, just feeling confined and like you can't seem to, to you know, have, be that bright light that you're, you were born to be. Um, do you find that a lot of your friends are experiencing the same thing that you talked about earlier? Actually, it's been a very lonely journey for me because I've been just by myself, you know. I had nobody to talk to. At the time, my parents, they obviously knew that I was 
depressed and home from work for many, many years, but they didn't know that I was suicidal and and how you know deep my depression really was. So I was actually very, very lonely, and it, it's been you know I've been doing it all by myself because I never had anybody, you know. And at the time, these ten years ago, when I had depression and when I came home from that cabin and, and the experience in the snow, my husband wanted to get a divorce. So I had a divorce, you know, in the midst of this depression and anxiety. And then I also had a family member that died. So it was quite, you know, heavy. Wow, yeah. And arduous. And I was, no, so I didn't have anybody to talk to. So I just, and it's only five years ago since I stopped my job. I came to that point where, you know, I went to this job and I really hated it. And I, it was, you know, so much jealousy and so much backstabbing on that job. So I really hated it. But it was my only, you know, mean of income for me and my kids. So, so I did it anyway. But for five years ago, I just had enough. It was just one day I woke up and it's like, you know, I can't, if I'm going to be a yoga teacher and I'm, you know, going to help people to find their true essence and to be true to themselves, I can't do this anymore. So I quit five years ago and bought a studio and, um, yeah, it's been going on with, with that since then. And now I'm also doing more and more educations and so... I want to share, you know, my journey with other people so it doesn't have to go so bad. So they do you, can Do you do like um do you do like workshops and things like that at your yoga studio? Yeah, yeah. I do both like, you know, regular classes and workshops and I do a lot of educations now as well, long educations. I have one education that is like a pregnancy of nine months. So you're delivering the new you yourself. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. Have you been able to, you know, you and other yoga people, practitioners, been able to um, penetrate the corporate market? Because um, a lot, of, there's a lot of that going on now too in the states where um, corporations will bring in, and I think Google kind of started this idea of. Um, they made it sort of like if you work at Google, it's like the, your best dream job, and more and more, you know, places are. They're, they're treating the workplace as this should not be work. This should be fun. You know, you come to work and it's all set up like, you know, you don't have to leave, man. We got your banking here. We got your food. We got your gym. We got your yoga. Dry cleaners, whatever it is, you know, like a little little city within a city. Um, are you finding any of that in Sweden where, um, you know, the mainstream business community is is like accepting or reaching back? to people like yourself yeah i i know it's going on and since i've been doing yoga for 25 years i i have seen a lot in the yoga world but um i also see that there's so many you know people in my business that are not really grounded themselves because they have not explored both the light and the darkness, you know. Right. They have explored the feminine and the masculine principles within themselves. So I still feel that there's so much uh, superficial and that people are just gliding on the surface because yoga is so much more than the asanas. Right. And... Um, <laughs> somebody just told me that maybe the world is not quite ready for you yet, Ulis, and I hope that the world will be ready for me soon, my teachings. Well, you got to teach them to be ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're also studying, I don't know if you mentioned this, but shamanic or shamanic tantra is a project as a dakini, sexual healer in sacred places around the world. And um, so talk a little bit about that. You know, for people who have never heard of this, what is you know, um, shamistic, spirituality, sexuality. Um, how did that change your life? And where are you in that journey right now? Well, that's an exciting journey, I'll tell you. Um, it's all about combining and integrating the mature feminine and the mature masculine. And in our part of the world, I don't know, in your part in America, but here in Sweden, we are so much in the immature part of the feminine 
and the masculine, which also I think is one reason for all this stress and burnouts because we are not conscious. We are living in an underdeveloped, you know, sort of qualities. So Tantra just means, you know, path of expansion. And for me, everything is yoga and yoga means union. So it's for me, it's about unifying the whole of me, you know, right? and to be able to be the beauty and to be the light. I also need to dance with the beast. You know, I also need to face my darkness and to acknowledge it and not to suppress or hide it. So this whole project with my teacher is taking me all over the world and every part, every module is bringing me closer to, you know, I'm retrieving more aspects of myself back. So when you say, you say that, um, you reference the immaturity uh, versus maturity. So like Sweden versus, you know, put up against another country, say the United States or whatever. So give me an example. What is the, is the difference in the maturity levels, as you would call it, um, of the two different countries? Like just, just so to be clear about it. Yeah. Well, I can first mention that like, the immature masculine is very much about doing, you know, performing, taking actions. Okay. Yeah. And the immature feminine can be many ways, but one way can be holding on, holding on to relationships that is not good for me or holding on to money, holding on to my weight, holding on to, you know, all these ideas or illusions that we might have on how life is supposed to be. Right. So... And when I travel around the world, I see that this immaturity qualities is not only in Sweden, but also very much in your own country and all over Europe. Like we are always striving, you know, striving for more. Or, but the mature quality of the, the mature quality of the masculine, for instance, is both consciousness and clarity. Like I just know, and it's not knowing only from my mind, but from my heart. Like. Right. My heart is the conscious part, like I know, I just know. And from here I can do whatever actions that I need to do. And the masculine is also about holding space, you know? Right. And the mature feminine is life itself. It's creation, life force, it's intuition, it's, you know, just dancing and being flow with life, not striving, not pressing or pushing or performing or acting all the time so um well yes in this country it's um people are all workaholics it's like you know there's just never enough it's like i i had this um this friend years ago he he loved to drink and he would say and he knew drinking was not good for him so he would say uh one's too many and a hundred's not enough and it was like you know so it's like once he got started that was it there's there's never going to be enough and there's a lot of that that kind of mentality and that kind of uh, thought process that permeates throughout the United States is like, I first realized it when I went on a kayak expedition up in Vancouver, Canada, and I was with, there with my son and one friend, and we were the only Americans there, and the rest were Canadians, and they started talking about their vacations. And I was like, these people are taking they're eight weeks of vacation a year. I don't even take eight days, you know, and... Um, a lot of us are just because I always, you know, had a business and I was always just, you know, work, work, work. And there's a lot of that that, that goes on. And uh, me being um, a Christian man, I let that down and say, you know, I let God take care of a lot of what, what I do now. And it's so much easier. It's a less pressure. And um, so I get what you're saying about the mature levels, because like you say, striving is you're not always um effectively accomplishing when you're striving all the time and and you burn out you do burn out you get a little crazy after a while so you've been on this journey with um reaching out to people and helping and you're and you're doing um like you said you're doing some um projects where you do these um uh i don't know what you'd call it if it's like a you know you're going to hawaii you said and you're gonna have uh, some kind of is it considered a conference or would it be called a workshop or no it's it's a part of this education. It's my teacher. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. And she has this education, and 
and uh, many people are just coming in for one retreat, but I'm doing them all. So, uh, well, I see you doing uh, that in the very near future, doing <laughs> your own thing, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I think you you got to be careful about your trips to Hawaii, Elvis, because I have a feeling you're going to go there and say, no, nah, I'm not going back to Sweden. I think I'll stay here for a while. <laughs> I got a lot of sunshine to catch up on, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So tell, tell us your best advice for, um, like for people who need to hear the kind of information that you have and the kind of um, teaching that you could share with people. Um like what would what would be like the number one or two things that if they went to your website that they could pick up on and say, you know what, this is intriguing. This is what I I should really look into. What do you think would be the best things for them? It always start with the breath. Uh, in Sweden, the word for breath is similar to the word spirit. So when I'm saying that I'm breathing, I'm actually saying that I'm you know connecting with the spirit. It's the same word in Swedish. What is it called? Andetag. The tog. The Andetag. Andetag. Yes. I got Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it all comes down to, you know, you are born into this world with a breath. And the time that's time for you to leave, you also do it with a breath. And... We are so unconscious on how we're breathing, how we are sitting, how we are walking, how we are moving, and the importance and the vitality of the breath. I mean, it can change everything. Right. And so for me, this whole journey about retrieving myself, you know, and expressing all my hidden emotions and to go, you know, from my head with this monkey mind constantly moving down to my heart. It's been, you know, retrieving. And the biggest tool is your breath, your own breath. Yeah, that's that's really, it seems like such an easy thing. But it's, I've read these studies where people are all, we're all shallow breathers because we're not conscious of the fact that, you know, you're, you're all day long, you're using about 40 to 50% of your lung capacity unless you're a conscious you know, and I kind of, um, because I do so much yoga, it helps me because I kind of like, oh yeah, it's time to breathe. And you, you take real breaths. You go outside and you, you breathe for a while. And then during a yoga class, you would, you would be breathing very deeply, probably for most of the practice. And it's funny when you're in the room, um, oftentimes you get to become the leader of that because your people next to you on the left and right, they're forgetting and they hear you yeah. breathing and then they start and they say, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be breathing. I'm so, you know, this is the whole reason you're having the practice. Exactly. And, and um, did you, I, I just want to mention this. I never mentioned this on my shows and I got to start doing this. I wrote a yoga book. It's just a free download. It's on my website and it's on, uh, it's on my Facebook page, but it's just for people who are curious if you want to um, just download that and check it out, it describes, you know, all my experiences of 14 years, but all different types of yoga, but I can't recommend it enough. And let's talk about how do people get to, I wish I could read yours because it's in Swedish, but I love the pictures and the videos. And, um, you know, here's, here's a thought. There's, um, who's doing this now? I'm trying to remember. Oh, Facebook is doing this. When you go to... Um, People who are like, if you're posting, you can just say see translation and click it, which I think is so cool um, well, that they started doing that. So you should look into that, that maybe you could put that little link on your website um, if you wanted to, to reach like, you know, the American audiences and the, and, well, I should say the English speaking audiences all over the place. Because um, I think that technology is, is out there now. I mean, if Facebook put it in, it's probably available somewhere. Um, it just, again, draws us all closer together, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, my English, my English website is under construction, so it's oh, coming it? up. Great, yeah. congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So it's coming up, and then it's going to be my name, ulliskarlsson.com. Oh, perfect. We'll put that in the show notes so everybody can click on. Is it, is it just under construction now, or...? Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not. You can't even see it yet. But that's all right. If you gave me that, you gave me the handle already. So we'll put that in, and um, people can just pick it up on show notes anytime they look at this episode. They can go to your website, which would be great. Yeah, that's good. So what else yes. can they look forward to from you, Ellis? 
um, that I'm going international. So if you want me in <laughs> in America, I can come to you. You can hold space for me, James. I will. I'll hold a yeah. lot of space for you. You know what? Good. That that'll be awesome. No snowbanks. No screaming. No O two forty seven. That's all over with now. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. No. But so the breathing is important, and um, I'm going. I'm. I'm working more and more globally and internationally, not just locally here in Sweden, because I know, you know, if if I can help only one person in the world, it means that it's working. And I think that people are longing for and are ready for, you know, to finally realize that we are already whole. It's just our illusions of ourselves and our lives and how it should be how successful I should be or you know right and and I think that this whole journey also is about back to basics you know back to basics and to find happiness within because you can't feel your empty hole or your inner emptiness you know with outer things in the outer reality so everything that you have is already within it's just that we have forgotten it and I can help you to remember it Fabulous. You know, it's um, really great uh, that you came on to the Dharmic Evolution to share this. So many people need to hear these kind of um, stories. And I thank you for your, your bravery, your transparency, and, and sharing like what happened to you and your journey with yoga. And, your, and what happened? You created a whole business out of this. You probably never thought you'd be um, in the place you are now. And I'm no. certainly happy you are. So, so any last word, Alyssa? Yeah, I'm just here to remind you that, after all, you are a human being and not a human doer. That's fabulous. Mm. Alice, you. it was a pleasure to have you on the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you so much for being here, and I just want to wish you all the luck and success and love on your journey. And thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being here and to see you, James. So thank you, and hope to see you again soon. God bless you. Bye. And there you have it. I bet you didn't even realize you were going to learn so much about Sweden today. You can go over and visit ulliscarlson.com. Find out about all that she's doing for so many around the world. And if you have not yet taken advantage of the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, you can find authors, speakers, and thought leaders just like Ullis on that site. If you're a singer, a songwriter, a musician, a creative of some type, and you would like to post your content, let the world know what you're doing. You could have a new song, a new video, uh, a new set of photographs, a new book out. Go over to the Facebook community page for Dharmic Evolution and post your content and get support from people all over the world. If you are a singer, songwriter, author, speaker, or thought leader, you could be a guest on this show. Would you like to be in 71 countries and be number one in a many of them on an ongoing basis? Well, this is the place for the indie action. Go to dharmicevolution.com and please post some comments at the bottom of these shows on the blog post. You can send comments to me and I will respond to them. I read them all and I appreciate your support. Also, if you are a supporter of the Dharmic Evolution now in 71 countries and you're digging the content we're putting out, I would really appreciate it if you would go over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show. It means a lot to us here at Dharmic Evolution. It helps the artists and the authors and speakers and people who come on this show. It helps their career. It helps in the indexing in iTunes. It's very important to the show. So if you would do that, I would really appreciate it. And just send me a note that you did so. I read all the comments and I love that you guys support us. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage.
什么？